great Scott. I got a bad feeling about this. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Han Solo. I've been waiting for this day for a long time. Can't wait. This is the Bart and Han Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hour number three at 98.7 ESPN of Bart and Han. Alan Han, Bart Scott. 800-919-3776 is the number, especially for you in New York. Or you can get us on Twitter at... And Instagram, at Bart and Han, as well, if you've got something Snap to say. Snapchat's instant chat or whatever it is. Too, Bill, yes, we got you. you. By the way, Bill. I forgot about that one. By the way, I, I, I've got news for Bill. Yeah. This ain't the same old Jets, Sonny. Yeah, and this All ain't right? the same old uh, Patriots either. And, and you don't have Tom Brady. That's okay? funny. So don't think you're coming into this building and all the old fancy stuff from the past is going to happen again. No butt fumbles. None of this is going to happen now, all right? This is different. It's a new era. It's a fair fight now. It is a fair fight, in fact. Rookie versus rookie. Zach versus Mac. Who's going to win? Where are we going from here? There's so much about this game, Bart, that I'm like kind of fired up about. Because, yeah, yeah the last time the Patriots are 0-2, you know what happened, right? It was 0-2? That was when uh, Drew Bledsoe was knocked out of the game and then this, this guy, Brady, well, well, well. came in. Well, well, guess what? If we not, if we, if we guess what? If we knock out uh, mac, mac and cheese, cheese, we ain't worried about Jared Stidham. <laughs> Believe that, ain't we? You don't think yeah, Jared yeah, Stidham's yeah, gonna yeah, turn yeah. to the next time? Jared Stidham's tough. No, I no, mean, no. this will be now. All I keep seeing is, well, Bill Belichick's so tough on rookie quarterbacks. All right, great. Yeah, let's, see he, how, let's see how Robert Sala is with rookie quarterbacks too. Yeah, but I say he had twelve. So like it was. The rookie quarterback versus 12 and versus Bill Belichick. But I'm telling you, like this is like the beginning. The I mean, AFC East is so crazy. And I go back now for years. Like This is like this Zach and Mac will be – is it going to be like Kenny O'Brien, Dan Marino, like where it just became like, God, I got to see Dan Marino twice a year, every year, and be reminded that we took Ken O'Brien. Even though Ken remember, O'Brien remember, remember, good. Ken O'Brien in this scenario is Mac Jones. Like the one who has the arm talent, electrifying well, talent is yeah. But it was Zach the, the Jets could have taken Dan Marino, did not. Yeah, it's a Kenny O'Brien. Like they, that's the story. So like, is it going to be that? Like, there's so many different correlations to this whole thing, uh, that relationship, and then of course the Patriots Jets relationship over the years as well. These two quarterbacks, like I'm really curious. Yes, I know Miami, Miami at that game too. Buffalo is facing a very interesting. You better win this game. And, and, and where, where, Miami, you've talked to and where, where are they facing it? And where, and where are they facing Miami at? Mm. Oh, it's early too. Oh, it's still like vacation season. People still coming there, man. It seems like every team goes to Florida, comes back with some COVID issues too. Right? <laughs> COVID, COVID, and like you might, you like just, the, the, right now the Titans and the Saints are looking at the yeah. Bills, going, "Hey, stay in your hotel. <laughs> Trust me, yeah. don't go out. Hey, don't swipe left. You know, <laughs> you know, you got some people calling, picking up the phone, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Put your mom on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This poorly ain't never coming home. No. <laughs> uh, I'm sunshine. Yeah. So, so that, like I said, this game, we'll, we'll we'll break that down in a minute. That 
that that that whole thing, the Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, <laughs> Jets, <laughs> Patriots, all that stuff, like it's all fun. That's Sunday. But what happened last night? Tragic. Let, Anthony, you know what? Anthony Anthony Pusick loves the Giants. And it was not even yesterday. <laughs> I mean, I know Dave Rothenberg was famous for saying if they lose this game, the season's over. But Anthony, after week one losing, Anthony, can you jump on the mic real quick? So yeah, much sure. Okay, you can. Tell us, tell, tell those, tell the folks listening in New York right now what you texted in the group chat after the Giants lost to the Broncos in week one. Uh, season's over. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why? Have, why is the season over? You got Atlanta next week, and then you got well, oh. Washington in week two. <laughs> and, then, well, and you did win that game. You won it twice, and you still gave it away. But still, the season's over after week. What, what was that all about? Well, here's why. Because all we heard in the offseason was that the Giants had to be better. Daniel Jones had to be better. The offensive yep. line had to be better. They're a mm-hmm. better weapon, so the offense has to be better. Mm-hmm. Because if they're not, you're in the situation the Jets were in last year. That was why they had to be better. There was nothing that told you they were going to be better. And when you see last Sunday the same problems that you saw last season with the same with different weapons and Barkley hasn't played and he and he can't practice and half of the offense isn't practicing with Jones, Tony's yep. out and Galladay's out. So you're still probably in preseason mode I would guess in that game. Mm. Yes, the offense looked better last night, but you still manage to lose. You leave 11 points on the field. Two false starts in the first half get you out of field goal range. You can't get a field goal there. Right. Darius Slayton or Daniel Jones, whoever you'd like to blame for that, you could take your pick, doesn't connect on a wide-open play on a broken coverage. And then on the final defensive, pl- uh, defensive stop that you need, a bunch of penalties get them not only into field goal range, you lose timeouts because it seems like whether it be the offense or the defense, they can't get the personnel on the field that they want to get it's on the field. It's, it's, it's absolutely mind-boggling. After timeouts, after madness. penalties, I, yes, and then I, they lose that game. So I, I got four more. I, I, got, I got four more points for well, you. I was going to. I'll add a point. You, you go to your point. I'm just adding one point here, mm-hmm. and my point is this: is that what is the greatest issue concern of this team, but the offensive line, and what also happened in this game? You lost Nick Gates, who's a versatile guy. He can play center, he can play guard. They moved him to guard. Like, you also lost, uh, you could not afford to lose any reliable, at least reliable offensive lineman, and you lost him for the season. And what a gruesome injury. And again, our, you know, again, our, our best thoughts go out to him because you saw it on his face. I mean, that was scary, ugly injury. And it also costs you depth and also a starter for your offensive line, which you cannot afford. Now, Bart, what were your points on well, what just happened t- last night for the Giants? Well, I was just talking about also they lost four points for, for the Phantom holding call, right? Because that wasn't holding. Like, the guy was trying to turn around, and he was trying to – that that was on you know, Daniel, Daniel Jones' touchdown. So that got him three. And it the hold, should, You didn't think that was a no, no, legit not, call? No, not at all. Not at all. It wasn't even close to being holding. That is – you you, you got a receiver blocking a, a DB in space. He didn't see it. He was trying to come back. You know, he had his back turned. That wasn't even close to being holding. Okay. But also just the defense. The, the the This defense was supposed to be special. This defense was supposed to be – Gave up 57 points yeah, in two games the, And it's just like – and sometimes even when defenses struggle, like, is this Giants defense a defense that you count on? 
or depend on in the crunch time? Because if that's the case, then if you're an offensive team, you can't depend on your defense, and you got to go for it. You can't go for six. You got to say, you know what, I, I don't trust that defense to get it stopped, and I know that three not enough, right? You know, I know I know I got to go get seven or maybe go for two because I don't believe this defense can stop this offense. And Bradbury, who was an island, now I don't know what he, Somebody built a bridge. They didn't colonize that island. Like that, you know what I'm saying? Like it ain't no island. I don't he better not go out there, Bradbury Island. I, no, I will burn know. that. I will burn that down wherever. I don't care what t-shirt stand he got no. it on. No, no, it's definitely that's definitely not a claim, a claim to be made. But I, I there's a lot again, there's a lot of this game that is maddening to you. But what's really the concern is not only okay, so Falcons on a, on long rest. And the Falcons, we'll see this weekend, but you don't believe they're very good. I mean, they look terrible against the Eagles. So if you can even get to one and two, you feel like, all right, you're kind of catching up. But then, of course, the schedule after that is is a, a major challenge, and you've got a lot of ground to make up. But a division that I keep saying, with there's 15 games left, you're not out of anything. I know we, we have fun with Anthony, and Anthony being a diehard Giants fan, all right, the season's over. We're all like that. That's how we get. But it's really not. But I don't like a couple of things. And the bigger concern is the head coach is a disciplinarian trying to bring that Belichick way uh, to the Giants. But yet they take 11 penalties. They look like a team, like you mentioned it, Bart, just not getting the right personnel. And I think Anthony said it as well. Just struggling just to even manage the game. And that also now starts lending questions to you. But they still should have won the game. Like all the things that you found fault with, you wouldn't have brought up if... They just either didn't go offsides and you the kick is no good and then you, so you survive or Slayton catches the ball or just one thing. It took one of what was it, at least five things we all listed. If one thing yeah. happened, they win the game. And are we thinking the same thing or are we thinking, all right, that was a good game. All right, that, that, that's the difference in your perspective. But I'm telling you, and I mentioned this earlier in the show, I want to bring it back. Saquon Barkley telling us that he's still trying to trust the knee. Him saying that is alarming to me. Yeah. Knocking off the rust, you know, still want to keep continue to build trust in the knee. When when a player acknowledges publicly that he doesn't yet trust himself, his knee, his his rebuilt knee. When he says that and he's on the field still pl- and he's playing, that's a concern. Because if he's telling you he doesn't, tr- he's basically telling you he doesn't trust it, yeah. and you're not getting the best of him. And if he doesn't trust it, when does he? And if does he ever? Like that's the biggest concern for me. Because if you don't have him, he, then you have to start worrying about any chances to make the playoffs. He, I mean, he has he has a contract coming up at this. I don't know if I'll be telling everybody I'm still flawed. Yes, that I'm still damaged goods. Yes. So I don't know. You know, it's, it's okay to be honest, but you don't want to be that damn transparent, Saquon. You know, it's going to be a lot of things coming up, man, because like if I'm watching it, I'm not beating my chest either. You know you should have lost that game. And, you know, I'm concerned with that defense. That defense is supposed to be elite. That defense doesn't look elite to me. I think Jamie Davis looks like a pretty good. Do you know, you know what, you know what thought I what, what made me go crazy? How easy Saquon went down when a rookie hit him. Uh, do you remember that the, the one? Well, again, if you don't trust the knee, if but you, you see, don't but trust you see how yourself, he fell? like he went down like it was easy. Yeah, like like, like that's, like, that's a ru- through, yeah. that's a rookie. That's Jamin Davis. All right, no, a no, skinny it's... linebacker from Kentucky, talented. Yes, Saquon trunk trees or trunk 
Trunk legs. Tree trunk. Tree, tree, tree trunk. trunk. Yeah, tree trunks. trunks. No, tree okay. trunks. That's funny. Like, you should have felt like, I was surprised that he went down. There's no way but, as, but a, as a good player. That is the indicator. Let's bring in Jeremy Fowler, NFL, a senior NFL insider joining us right now. Senior? What's that the senior? Like, graduate? Well, I don't know. Yeah, you are listed, though. Jeremy, can you explain that one? Because I did see that, and I wanted to say it properly, because the official title for you is ESPN senior NFL reporter? Because he's like a PhD. And I have wondered to me. that. Do we have junior NFL reporters, and who are they? Yes. Once I got my uh, my doctorate in uh, <laughs> NFL insider affairs, they, they gave me that title. It's just a piece of paper, so I carry it around with me. Well, I hope it gave it's you. Official. I hope it gave you a ten percent bump in your pay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I hope so too, Bart. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right. Bart will be your agent. Uh, let's just first, Jeremy, before we get into the other week two matchups, just last night's game. Um, I, there are so many places you can go with it, but if I was going to ask you, what is what is the thing you're hearing the most about last night's game from the Giants' perspective? What would it be? Well, you know, it reinforces that uh, Washington is high on, on Taylor Heineke. It's not empty. Uh, you know, like I had heard even in the preseason that even though Ryan Fitzpatrick had the inside track to start, that Heineke had given Ron Rivera something to think about. That's what a source told me. And uh, I, I thought that was significant. They just feel like he's a gamer, rises to the occasion. Um, is he a long-term answer? You know, you could argue probably not, but um, they feel like they have something there. They can win games with them. So that's why they haven't gone the Cam Newton route or, or looked elsewhere. And, uh, you know, from the Giants' side, um, you know, I, I texted with a few people around the league this morning. They thought Daniel Jones looked pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like you, you – but he's the biggest question mark with the offense. When he plays well and you still lose, it's a problem. And uh, so, so now you just – people don't know where the Giants really go from here. Is there anything off of the, 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 the Jones-Galladay sideline fracas? Like, you know, Galladay just well, going – Antony. Going off on him, yeah, that's true too. But but really, more this just we saw it on camera. It was very stark. And when you see that stuff happen on the sideline, you know it's hard to just dismiss yeah. it and say nothing's there. No, there's something made you react that way. Now again, Daniel Jones dismissed it post game, but anything more about that that would you know again kind of raise your uh, spidey senses? Well, you know from what I heard, I mean, like Galladay, he's he's a big money player who wants to be more involved in the game plan. You know, I, I forget the number of targets he had offhand, but. Um, you know, he'd like to see the ball as much as possible. Yeah, eight's probably not enough for a number one guy. Mm-hmm. So he was frustrated by that. Um, but but everything I've heard is that he and Daniel Jones do have a good relationship. Um, it, I, they were conservative at times, so, you know, I think that irked some of the receivers. Um, but by and large, they played well enough to win and probably left 11 points on the board as it was with that, you know, the two, the, the drop the touchdown and then the reverse touchdown Daniel Jones run. So, um most people with the Giants, is my sense, that were pretty happy overall with the offense. Um, and Galladay didn't have his best game. I mean, he didn't. He's a guy who's supposed to make those contested catches. Mm-hmm. He wasn't doing it last night. He was pretty bottled up for the most part, and had a key drop. Jeremy, I, I, I'm looking at like uh, the tale of the undefeated this week. So I'm looking at San Francisco and Philly, which my eyebrows are on the line. Yeah. I'm looking at the Raiders, and I'm looking at Pittsburgh. I'm looking at Carolina and. Um, and New Orleans. Out of those three teams, who would be the most surprising 2-0 team? Ooh, so out of that whole group, I would say most surprising would probably be, I mean, the Raiders. You know, you, this is a team that um, going in, you still didn't know what their identity was. Uh, you know, they, they have sort of like 
a bunch of random parts and free agents and pieces and draft picks all put together. There's not a lot of cohesion there. Um, but we kind of saw what their ceiling might be on offense that they can really get it going to go into Pittsburgh and win with, you know, with them having a crowd for the first time in, in over a year. Um, you know, they're going to play that renegade in the, in the fourth quarter and it's going to get rowdy there. And um, Derek Carr is really going to be tested. So that would probably be the, the biggest surprise. And I'd say Carolina, too. I mean, New Orleans has such a good thing going um, with really any quarterback they put in there, Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater in the past, and now Jameis, you know, you get. Um, if you're limiting his turnovers and you're capitalizing on the, the big ability that he does have to make explosive plays, um, they're going to be really tough for Carolina to beat. So those would be the two that would be the most surprising to me. You mentioned the, you know, again, crowds in the stands again. You know, obviously Pittsburgh being one place, it's always been an intimidating place to play. Just ask Bart. He's, he still shakes when I play Renegade here in the studio. That's for the <laughs> offense. I wasn't on the field when that came on. <laughs> I was like, punt! We're in the tunnel. Punt! <laughs> no, just punt! Oh, mama. I mean, oh, here you go. Here Anthony, Anthony Wright about to throw a pick. Here we go. <laughs> Defense! That's but awesome. what have you heard about that, though? The impact, like, I thought the one of the biggest numbers to come out of week one was, was it 12 underdogs ended up winning out of the 15 games? 12 underdogs uh, uh, getting the win? Um, you know, that that's one that really catches your attention because is it does that have more to do with a preseason that really wasn't how a lot of teams handled the preseason, hardly played their starters or hardly or didn't at all play yep. their starters. So is it like the first couple of weeks are still going to feel like preseason? So you'll get maybe some of these upsets or underdogs even covering? Or was it the fact that it's been a year since we played in a building filled with people and it takes a minute to get yep. used to it? The noise, crowds. I remember Peyton saying on, on the Manning broadcast on Monday night, like yelling at Raiders fans, hey, Raiders fans, shut up. Derek's trying to call the play and they can't hear him. You know, was there any of that? Was the fan impact notable or was it more that the preseason was handled so much differently than we've seen in the past? Yeah, it was all of the above for sure. I mean, as to the preseason, I talked to a few different execs around the league who said, look, it, we still look at it as a 16 game season in some ways. Yeah, you want to win the first game, but it's, it's almost like an extension of the preseason. You know, you play that game at win or lose. Now we're in a 16 game season starting this week. You know, and I thought that was interesting. Like maybe that's just an old, old school way of thinking. Haven't turned the page from the CBA, but that is kind of the feeling. And that crowd noise is significant. I, you know, I've, I've talked to a few people who wonder, like, will this be a separator again? Because last year you didn't see it, especially with quarterbacks. Josh Allen, was it was brought to my attention, like, the one big year he had was with no crowd. Um, doesn't mean he's not going to be a great player this year, but, like, people do wonder, okay, you know, he didn't play great his first two years and the crowds are there. Is there something to that? Um, you know, like Patrick Mahomes is known, or the Chiefs know that, or believe he's a better player with crowds, home or away, than he is without. Like, they feel like, he could have been even better last year if he had, you know, the juice of the stadium and people in it. So, uh, you know, it, it can it can be a separator for sure, and I think we're going to see that. And, you know, I went 6-10 and ten in my picks last week, and all the upsets <laughs> I picked didn't happen, but then there are upsets all over the league. So uh, it's probably going to be that way for a couple of weeks. I'll let, I'll let you slide me your picks so I know to just go the opposite. Yeah, what's the one that cost you the most? Yeah. Which one hurt you the most? Oh, well, these are just picks. This, not, this wasn't gambling. These are just picks for ESPN. But uh, what was it? Um, the ba- You know, the Bengals. I thought Joe Burrow would come out slowly. Mm-hmm. I thought the Vikings would take care of business there. It didn't happen. I did yeah. pick the Raiders, though. Yeah, see, the one that got me was the Packers. I, I didn't know. I never know who saw that coming with, with Green Bay, especially not having to play in the Dome against the Saints. So it's like, to me, it's Aaron Rodgers and Derrick Henry, two guys I'm watching this week to see which guy has the bigger, like, yeah, what you saw last week, yeah, that wasn't me. 
Oh, for sure. And then, well, Rogers, I, I, I'd be shocked if he comes out flat this week too. Unless there's, if he comes out flat again, then there's just total dysfunction going on there. Mm. That's irreparable, which might be there anyways. But um, you know, I just think the slow start was a byproduct of him missing all that time. Um, he's always a fixture in OTAs and minicamp. Wasn't there. Didn't play in the preseason. Like, I mean, that can catch up to you a little bit, no matter how good you are. This, you could tell the timing was off. It had nothing to do with his ability. Um, I, so I do expect them to clean it up. Yeah, I mean, that's, again, that's what makes the early part of this season one that you might want to stay away from if you're putting money down because it's really hard to see what teams are going to look like when they haven't shown much or had much reps in the preseason. Hey, Jeremy, good to catch up with you as always. Thank you so much, senior NFL report. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, you got it. I always wondered about that title. Yeah, like senior. Like... They do that, and you're just like, what made you a senior? Like, is it amount of years? Is there a junior? Does the junior not want to put junior yeah. reporter? Because like, I don't want people to know that. The disrespect like, was the, the, get, fre- I, the freshman uh, freshman report. Like, well, hold up, man. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Don't look how much? Eye. How much do crowds – like, you were an emotional player. Did the crowds really – like, what he was talking about there is kind of interesting. Mahomes needs the crowd. Yeah, he people, plays better. Some, Josh Allen played great, and there was not really much noise, toward, even towards the end – when they had fans in the in uh, you know in Buffalo, well, yeah, well, it wasn't like they filled the place. Well, we talked about that last year when 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 the NBA was in a bubble, right? It's yeah. officially one year now, right? Since they, since they were in a bubble, yep. right? So we talked about that last year. We talked about that also with baseball and Staten, right? Being able to hit because he didn't have people booing him and all that type of stuff. If he struck out, you know, some players perform when it's people there because they feed off the energy. Some people get nervous and succumb to like the bulls. So it depends on what type of player you are. You know, I was a player that fed off the fed off the crowd. You know, it's like I'm glad it win the crowd, crowd, and you win your freedom. Win, win the crowd, win your freedom. Yes, that that's it. Just, it just <laughs> felt right. It just felt so right, man. It made no sense, but it felt right. It's a movie quote. You just said it. Yeah, and that absolutely is what you believe. I don't know. The, the crowd thing was. Uh, I I do think it's more of we like watching these games. Some of these players didn't really play a lot. So you don't know what you, you don't know what you're getting yet early in the season, but you know what you got out of the Giants? You got 0 and two for the fifth straight year, and that's a, that's a problem. Now the Jets have been 0 and two. This if they lose to the Patriots, that's yeah. three straight. Think about how football has been here. But, but week two of football, if the Jets lose Sunday for three years, you've been in 0 two hole, no matter who you are. I feel like Groundhog Day. It's, I mean, it's just it's painful. But there's so much more about that game. The Jets and the Patriots, Mac versus Jack versus Zach. You have Bill Belichick coming in and what he normally does, what he does to rookie quarterbacks. But there is, of course, that historical connection between the Jets and the Patriots with when it comes to an 0-2 star for the Pats. Remember, they are facing a game where they really need to win this game. Just like Buffalo is playing Miami. Because, they because, really be, need to win because, this game. Because, because if they lose this game... They got the Saints and Tampa time coming to town, baby. Yeah, how about Ooh, that? If they lose this one, they can be 0 4. Yeah. I would listen. That would be worth the price of admission. Just celebrate. Don't not even care if the Jets win or what they're going to do to see. Just watching the misery on Bill Belichick's face. If they go 0 4 and everybody like, oh, mac and cheese, look like they'll be in cheese. There ain't no craft mac and cheese. <laughs> they ain't the type of cheese, mac and cheese I want. My cheese got gouda in it. My, 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 the mac and cheese I got got seven different cheeses. This is 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776 is the number to be part of the conversation. And what you saw last night from the Giants, as I mentioned, that's the worst thing you saw. Because there's a lot of things that we have a laundry list of stuff that's bothering you about this team. 
And one of them, though, I would not say I, – I, I am not saying one of them is Daniel Jones. I thought he played well. I actually thought they didn't trust him enough. Can't say Jason Garrett? Jason Garrett is somebody that, something that bothers you? He, no, not me. I just think, think that people are saying that it's his, his offense is archaic, it's unimaginative. But listen, it looked like it was modern to me when Danny Johns runs for 95 yards. Mm-hmm. The issues are what they've always been. What's surprising is the fact that Galladay – doesn't seem like a true number one. I know he's talking about he wants more targets. If he eight targets, that's great. That's not that may not be what a number one gets. Number one may get twelve targets, which to me eight targets is plenty, especially when you're trying to be a team that can want to run the ball. But you only caught three of them, bro. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like if you want to get more targets, like how about when I throw these fifty fifty balls up for you? How about you win some? Like, you, you coming off your break all slow, rounding it off and, and, and getting the ball batted down. Yeah, play like a number one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Play like a number one. You know, it's funny. On that topic, too, just, you know, Robert Sala just keeps kind of letting us know, like, you, you want to hear, you want to see more Denzel Mims, right? Yeah, I'm pissed about and, this. And, and he just, this, this they, makes they no keep sense. telling you, no, don't expect no to. Sense. I mean, Crowder's now back. And? And, it, well, it's just it's less reps for him. Okay, so let's kick Braxton Berrios A.K.A. Mr. Fair Catch Punt Man out Keelan of there. Keelan Cole is back as well from the knee. What has Keelan Cole ever been better I'm than just Denzel Mims? You that they, I'm telling you right now, if you think you're going to see a lot of Denzel Mims, it's you crazy. might not see any Denzel Some, Mims in this game now something's against going the Patriots. Up. Yeah, dude only got one catch for, for 40 yards. Last year, he had a good game against uh, this same exact team, and now all of a sudden, like they discard. I don't like, like that. Wasn't I heard, it OTAs? Wasn't part of the offseason? You, you gave me sound. You gave me... Food poison. But I lost behind. 12 pounds in your building because you yeah. gave me a bad piece of fish. Yeah. You're lucky I don't sue you for pain and suffering. <laughs> well, but still, like that's – but when Shout Galladay's out to Marcus Stewart, the cook over there. I ain't going to blame it on you, Marcus. I hope you ain't giving him a bad piece. You didn't order it. I hope it's not. Yeah, you don't want to – You know, I mean, it's, how did that even happen, though? He ate, he ate it in the cafeteria. I know. Yes, how does that happen? How? Who's not clean? In the, midst, in, the, clean? in the midst of COVID, you mean to tell me y'all ain't even cleaning the... So, okay, we ain't got no COVID, but we're going to give you salmonella? What the hell going on, man? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. It, y'all should be putting me out there so I don't sue y'all ass. But I'm telling you right now, though, from the Giants' perspective, I'd be the most concerned about yeah. what Saquon's saying about about his knee. Because you're like, you were saying, you and I were fighting about this. You were saying yesterday how you need to see him carry the team. He needs to step up and all that stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, he's coming off ACL. It's five days later. And I watched him. And yes, he had that 40 yard run, but that was basically it. He wasn't touched. The other runs, you watched him and you're thinking, he ain't kicking through nothing. Is he he confident? Like, does he run like he used to run? And then he says after the game about just keep building trust. When you say you have to keep building trust, that means you don't have trust. And I don't know if that's a great thing to have you on the field if you don't trust it. And I know this from personal experience. Like, when you don't feel like that knee's right, I've had two ACLs. And after the first one, I wasn't right. Like, I said, I kept telling the trainers, like, this ain't right. Like, I'm not right. And they're like, no, 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 it's healed. It's healed. You're fine. You're fine. Just get it out of your head, they say. This is what they say. They say, get it out of your head. And they're going to say the same thing to Saquon. You just got to learn to trust it. And then you know what happens? You don't trust it. So you walk differently, you step differently, you jump differently, something yeah. different happens, and an injury happens. And well, that's what I'm concerned with the Saquon. Yeah, I ain't giving him no $15 million a year, too. So you, Well, that's for yeah, him personally, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, you get out here and run like you used well, to. Well, you think he wants to tell them, I don't trust it, I don't want to play, when he knows Listen, it's payday time? You're being too honest, man. Oof. Well, yeah, admitting that as well. By the way, so when the Jets play the Patriots, you know what? You know what happened after week one playing Carolina? All right, with Zach Wilson who we know, obviously, everybody gets all this attention. Yeah. But you know who else gets attention? Who's that? His mom. 
Did you hear about this? Oh, being harassed? Yeah. So, of course, you get all the trolls that attack him. It's bad people. People, I I don't, like, again, what do you get out of this? You get something personal out of it? I don't know. But there's crazy people out there. And, you know, again, when you just, when you type something on a keyboard and hit send, I don't have to see Bart Scott face to face. I can call him out all I want. I know there's no accountability because I'll never have to deal with the repercussions of saying what I say on social media to Bart Scott's face. Or the same thing with Zach Wilson. Twitter thugs. But man, his 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 mom. Like we know his mom is already a type that goes after people. Yeah. But she, uh, I guess she was sharing some DMs that she got Mm -hmm. from from fans about about Zach about him. Yeah. They're pretty ugly. Sometimes you get. Sometimes she was. She, she screenshot them and shared them. Like, what's wrong with people? Yeah, I mean, athletes have always gotten this right. You know, especially like when you think about. Well, I'm going to go back to the historical context of what you know the letters and stuff that Hank Aaron just, and guys got. Well, but but this is what but this yeah. what but this is what they need to do right because see, I feel like you got to nip it in the bud, right? So his his uncle is a is, I think owns JetBlue, so he can we can get a flight anywhere. We get a bunch of Jet fans that's, that ride for Zach Wilson. We pull up to him and we say, make him say it to his face. Like, like somebody sent her. Like, and what, like what would inspire it? Like, real talk, though, why your you are son so dog blank at football? Yeah, he's the number two pick. Uh, I don't think. Listen, let me tell you something. Like, right? So listen, I, I you know I do I do Jets flight plan, whatever all that. Another, stuff, one, right? another one said, praying your son to get better at, at football. Son, his son's pretty damn good at football. Because she said, "Praying for your angry heart." Yeah, like son, son's pretty good in football. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what I broke down. I do. I do jets. Uh, I do jets pre and post. People yes, know, but I also do like a, 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 but I also do a flight plan show too, right? Mm-hmm. With Janae. So I break down a play. Um, his forty yard touchdown pass to Corey Davis. First of all, he drops back. I don't know, like what junior varsity coach. That Van Rotten or Roten, Rotten, whatever his name, Van Roten. I call him Van Rotten because he stinks. And McGovern, which is supposed to be the two older statesmen, elder statesmen of the offensive line. Mm-hmm. These dudes cannot pass the simplest. Like the first play stunt that you put in in Little League is like a time game between your two tackles. They don't get that, right? Both of them on the ground. They got five guys to block four because one dropped off, right? They, they, they can't pass it. He come, the, the kid sees the pressure, flushes to his right. They have a man, they have a 7-8 switch, which is a corner route and a post between two, the, the tight end and, and Corey Davis. He sees that. He flushes out. Fanks holding that. Wow, how, the, how the referee didn't call the holding penalty is beyond me because he was holding him so blatantly that <laughs> he, was, he was holding him so blatantly, but I think the ref was looking at the fact that one of the Jets that Van Ryden or either McGovern was getting his chest stepped on, that's how hard he got thrown to the ground by the, the Panthers guy. Thanks. It was just like, you know how you see somebody, you, you know that referee in boxing that he got the big eyes and they always got him with the memes because he's like looking so I can hit it. But ooh, like this, the ref must have been looking like, damn, that's on tape. But anyway, so he gets out of the pocket and he throws a 40-yard off-platform rope to Corey Davis, where most of the quarterbacks in this league, that ball would have skipped at the goal line. He put it on a rope, man. I'm talking about that was on a rope on a line. It is only maybe, maybe, maybe like four quarterbacks. Okay, I go, I go six that I've ever seen that can do that. That can throw off balance, roll into his right, 
with a target moving from the other side for 40-yard launch pad. And I swear it looked like he just flicked his wrist. Did you see the throw that Orlovsky featured on Twitter yesterday? I don't know. I don't follow Orlovsky, so I don't know what he featured. Was it, was it the 40-yard pass? It was the, no, well, to it was Corey the Davis? 41 to Mims. Oh, no, I didn't see that. All yeah, right. I seen that. I've seen that play. So down the sideline of Mims where yeah. he gets wrecked. Like, he steps up in the pocket. He sees him, and as he's letting, as he's sending, as he's you know releasing the throw, he gets just wrecked. So his legs aren't even in the throw. Yes, all, all arm, right on target. It was a great catch by Mims, right on target. Boom, and then gets up. It's been nice knowing you, Mims. According to Salah, oh, I know, right? ridiculous, right? But the throw, but just I'm just saying, but the yes. throw itself, yeah, I saw it. Like it's little, and he says the same thing. He called it the best throw of week one, which of course we know Zach Wilson already famous for the throw of the pro day season. Back in the spring. Mm-hmm. Now he's got the best throw of week one. It's little things like this yeah, that give you hope. But man, you better protect this kid. Right. Like, I'm, I'm, worried, I'm worried about him because he's smaller than Joe Burrow. Now he's become. He's become. He's he, little. He, you know, the Mandalorian. Baby, yeah. Baby Yoda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. the child. This is the way. Protect the child. This is the way. Like that has to become the mantra for the Jets. I tell he you is what, Grogu. He's not Zach Wilson. He is Grogu. I tell you what, and man. we must protect him. Jets might have the worst center right guard combination in the history of football. Yikes! Like if you want to make the if, if you want to make my all week one bum squad, you go McGovern, you go Van Rotten, and you go Venezuela, and that is the recipe to have. Like like Zach Wilson should file assault charges on them. That's how bad they were blocking. I cannot believe. Like, I broke down the phone, like, what in the hell? This is the most simple game in the history of football. One tackle goes first, the Mm -hmm. other one wraps around, Mm -hmm. and you're supposed to see it and deliver it to the other person based on whoever goes first. And I mean, three people block nobody. Nobody. And this kid is running for his life. Is that, but in that, there's got to be scheme. No. Come on. This was, it was, listen, it was 5 0. Simon, that Simon's just it, not there. It was 5 0, right? They had five. They were in a 3 4, right? So the person over the tight end, the tight end release. Right. The defensive end, the left defensive end dropped. So now Beckton looks at the guy on his side. He takes his guy, right? Uh, Vera Tucker is involved because he's the three that got two. Because now they're only rushing four. Fant has the DN on the other side. He's the one. That's the one he's holding because he didn't expect Zach to to flush. So when the guy sees him flush, he grabs him by his shoulder mm-hmm. to hold him. But then you got three from Vera Tucker to McGovern to Van Rotten. Not even passing a e- that When I say this is the easiest game, Allen, in the world, and people, anybody can say, "Well, Bart, well, you've been a little hard." I had to, I had to, I had to defend these games against defensive ends because I was on the punt team. It's a simple like you first, I wrap around you. Let's see if these dummies don't see it, and, and you lock on to your man. They got to be better because this kid is too good to allow two veterans that are pay- brought here to pay and pay good money. To protect them, they were bad last year. We blamed it on Sam Darnold. Yeah. Man, they may be even worse this year. That's well, that's a, that's a scary thought. That absolutely is scary. Listen, they're gonna get yeah. that action all all week from from the Patriots if they watch any film like I watch. This is ninety eight point seven ESPN. All right, so we know Bart that uh, Bill Belichick gives a rookie like rookie quarterbacks like he feasts on them, right? I mean, that's generally how that goes. Not all of them. No, Geno Smith took them. 
Mark Sanchez took him. Well, I mean, you guys ran the ball, basically. <laughs> well, what about Gino? Throwing it all what about over, Gino? But... Gino got him. Yeah, that was interesting, that case. Yeah, yeah that's weird. Gino got him. Uh, Russell Wilson got him. Ben Roethlisberger got him. There has been six or seven that has gotten him that has fallen. But for the most part, he usually gives them fits. Fits magic. So th- this is the thing also. So Zach Wilson could become the second youngest quarterback to ever beat a Bill Belichick coach team. Ooh, who's the you, know who the, you know who the youngest was ever do it? Russell Wilson? No. Mark Sanchez? You'll, I don't think you'll ever well, get Mark, it. Well, Mark was an old, old yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark, Mark was at USC. For, like, he got his doctorate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Ben Roethlisberger. Nope. Oh, man. Keep going. Three hours later. Uh, you have to go back. Put it this way. It wasn't. How about the Patriots were involved in the game, but Bill Belichick wasn't the coach of the Patriots when it happened. How about that? Mm. Uh-huh. Okay, so uh-huh. he was with Cleveland. Yes. Okay, so it probably was. Think of a uh, young quarterback. Dan Marino? Patriots were involved in the game. Oh. Come on now. Drew Bledsoe. Yes. Yes. Drew Bledsoe. If I had the sound, I would do the ding ding, but we don't have the sound. So, you know, I'll do this instead. Ready? Yes. Congratulations. 21-year-old Drew Bledsoe. He was 21? Yeah, week 16 of the 1993 season. Then they lo- Patriots they, defeated the Browns. They lost a game, and they lost a franchise like two weeks later. Yeah, right. It's the first time that Belichick and Parcells had faced each other as head coaches. Mm. Remember, Parcells in his first yeah. season uh, in New England after he uh, took the two years off. So that's how it would be. Now, you weren't wrong with Ben Roethlisberger. In 04, he was 22 years old. Uh. When he won, and then Tua Tonga Viola was last season. Oh, that, is that, Tua, Tua is that more South Beach? Don't matter who's quarterback in South Beach. Zach Wilson is 22 years old, but uh, in 47 days, so it'd be slightly younger than Drew Bledsoe was. Drew Bledsoe was almost 22 years old. It was 308 days. I know we're getting very particular, but that's that's what the I'm reading the list. That's what it tells well, me. What I really want to know is what Robert Sala record is against rookie quarterbacks. Woo! Me 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 me. We don't have that stat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we we didn't take the time. Siri, how many people? No, never. Mind. We didn't take the time for that stat right now. Um, all right, let's get back to the calls. 800-919-3776. Joe's in Staten Island. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, bud. Uh, how are you guys doing? Good. Um, listen, I just wanted to say, with the Giants, just all happened in the draft. It was the sneaky Eagles that jumped up and grabbed the wide receiver that they deserved to get. That's what happened. And as far as the, 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 the other receiver that they picked from um, Florida, that shouldn't have been the pick. What should have been is that pick Tony. that the Raiders got, that offensive lineman, that guard, that big guy. That's the guy that shooting got. And as far as the Jets, that old line's been rotten missed that one up far. It wasn't a center, bro. I saw the tape. I was like, whoa. He, he nobody was even coming after him. It was just a guard. I hope they replace him with the guy they... Oh, hold on. Who up, didn't... Um, you said Van Rotten? He said it was Van Rotten, not... not uh, Van Govern. No, they not have... McGovern. McGovern. No, have to pass it. It's a, it's a two-man stunt. Okay. So you got three, so you have to take it. He has to deliver his Thanks, man Joe. to him, and he has to pass it to McGovern. They have to pass the stunt. It's a stunt. They're crossing. He's also saying that that... that in the draft, they wanted Devontae Smith. Is that what he's saying? I don't know. He said lineman. I, it was all distorted. No, he was man. talking about the, the Raiders and later in the yeah, pick. But anyway, he called on the all next right. tail, man. I couldn't understand what the hell. Aaron in East Meadow, Aaron. Alan Bart. I, when I when I tell you that if you guys don't do that segment where Bart does the Paul Bear impersonation every week, I won't listen to your show anymore. Well, we have actually we because, we, do, we do have to do one more Bart Stradamus that we didn't oh, get to earlier in the show. Bart. We have a bonus. Should we do that for? Should we do this right I, now? I, Let's do it. 
That's a good or point. Does Aaron, do, Aaron, do you do you have a, a point or question, or do you want it just to get right to the Barstradamus for one more time this week? Yeah, I think that's what we'll do. I, I do think we have to. Do we have the, we, we don't have the musical. Oh, of course not. I mean, do we have the music? Oh. So. Oh, yes. There was a game that I wanted to discuss, Bart. The greatest comebacks. Quarterbacks in new places. Yes. We have a divisional matchup of retreads. We have Sam Darnold cast off from the New York Jets. And Jameis, I'm hungry for Victory Winston. Mm-hmm. Both look great in their opening game. They took their team to victory. Yes. Yes. Sam Darnold exercised the ghosts of Christmas past. Mm-hmm. Oh. But what do you foresee this week? But he has to understand that there are ghosts of the Christmas present. Oh. He has had a tremendous comeback. So has Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. Five touchdowns. No, 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 no. Are those the best comebacks? Turnovers! Are those the best comebacks, though, of week one? It is not the greatest comeback of week one. What was? The greatest comeback of all the land. The NFL was seen on NBC. It was? What, Sunday night? Drew Brees! Hairline has risen from the dead! Rise! Growl! Come back, my child! You're an idiot. Brian Erlacher! Oh, my shorts! My bang is longer than yours! Breeze! Breeze! Rest in. You really are. You just are an idiot. <laughs> Drew Brees' hairline. It's greatest comeback of the year, the man. Greatest comeback of week one. Listen, nobody knew. Not Drew Christian Bre- McCaffrey. No. Not Sam Darnold. Not Jameis Winston. Drew, Drew, Drew Brees. <laughs> Listen, not TJ Watt. He, he, like, he, no. got, he got his work done in the dark. We didn't know he was working on his hairline. He revealed what he was working on. Man, what is wrong? What say the people? We got time for one person well, to call we, in we time, and yeah. tell us what's the greatest comeback other than what's greater than Drew Brees' hairline coming Coop, back Coop, in week one. Coop's in Brooklyn calling in now. Coop. Hey, Coop. Coop. Coop a loop. We, we have Francis in New Jersey. Francis, what say you? Hello? What up? Hey, what up, Bart? What up, Alan? What's happening? Yo, Bart, I got a question for you, Bart. Sure. I want to know you had the you had the. I'm a Patriots fan. Yeah. So I gotta say your your interview when y'all beat us in the playoffs was the best thing I've ever heard. How good did it feel to beat us that that day at our stadium? No, it was great, man. Because really, like the Patriots are like. It's like Revenge of the Nerds. Like, we were the nerds, and they like the jocks. It's like, whatever you say to me bounces off me and sticks off you. I'm rubbing, I'm glue stuff. <laughs> like, they so smug, and people don't realize how much trash they talk on the low. 
You know what I mean? And it was good just because they had beat us 45-3. We buried the ball, came back, and got her done. You know what I mean? So it was good to finally, like, defy the odds because everybody thought it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to win, not realizing that we had beat them early in the year. We In, game, in the first matchup that we had, they beat us the second one. We lost, okay, so that's – I thought he had, I thought he had more, to, more to discuss there than that. But still – that's still you, – you saying that about Drew Brees, that was great. completely unnecessary. It's the greatest comeback. But it was, but it was hilarious, though. I mean, Erlacher so, came. All right, all right we, again, let, let's just stay on track here. K-Show coming up in a few minutes. But with this game now, now all seriousness. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing the whole, you know, protect the child thing with Mandalorian, with Zach Wilson. But yeah. this is an important game. The Jets, the expectations aren't there. The Patriots spent a ton of money. Yeah. They lost their first game. Never yes, Mac Jones money. played well, but they still lost the game. Still only put on 16 points. For the for the, like this is a really interesting game though. They can't lose. Do you game. think this is a easy one for the? I think it's Patriots are are, are laying six. They're on the road. It's, it's not because guess what? The Jets have no expectations. They can care less. They can come out and play free. They can take chances. Right? The Patriots have to come in. They're under pressure. Let's see how Mac Jones performs under pressure. Like now it's expected. And the, and the more and more games that Mac Jones plays, the more and more film is going to be out there about what he does well and what he doesn't do well. What would you me, do? What would you do I, in this I'm, game? I'm glad you asked me that. Because if I was a defense and I had my guys, I would press everybody. One, only person that's going to run by you is Nelson Aguilar, who has 75 yards, but we know he can't catch can't consistently. Get, yeah, right. right, so if you press, then Mac Jones can't go out and get the ball out of his hands, which is weirdly what he does better than anything. He's decisive. He gets the ball out to his playmakers, and he allows them to do the work. So what I would do is press it and make him have to go to his second, third reads and have to try and use his athleticism because they're only doing three to five-man drops within the box. So I'm going to make him have to find and throw into tight spaces. Tip balls change games. What do you think this game? What do you? What's the result of this game, though? I mean, you think it's gonna be a close game? Yes. The Jets have, I think, what's it? It's home. They have not beaten them in five straight, right? Is it five straight? Yeah, but Mac Jones has. No, never I'm sorry, played. ten straight. Mac, Mac, <laughs> Mac Jones has never played in this type of environment. And seven of the ten were like fourteen or more points. Yeah, well, they they played a couple of tight games for a while. So uh, listen, I. I I don't know. This can go either way, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jets Wow, win. way to go out on a limb. This is 98.7 ESPN.